What story are you telling? Whether you're intentional about it or not, you have an audience and they think in story. The Doug Thompson podcast features diverse storytellers sharing their practical tips for telling the story they need others to envision and trust in order to take a new action. Here's your host, Doug Thompson. This episode of the Doug Thompson podcast was recorded from a live stream. The interview is here in its entirety. Okay, I think, you know, I used to like it when you would roll tape and you could tell when everything's got to speed, but since we don't have that, we'll just go, hey, everybody, welcome to another uh, recording of the Doug Thompson podcast. I am the Doug Thompson. Aaron looks nothing like me uh, on that. So, but I do have a guest. <laughs> I'm Garrett. I'm joined by Aaron Mack. Today. I guess that's where you prefer to go with is Aaron Mack. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron. Well, I'm a coach. I'm recently an author um, and I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years. Um, I love working with entrepreneurs, people who are in leadership positions because we are crazy. We like to do crazy things. We like to think outside the box. We like to do things outside the box. We like to carve our own path. And I love harnessing, helping people harness that uh, desire in a way that's meaningful and has purpose. So, you know, obviously you've talked to a lot of what, what do you think for those, maybe not entrepreneurs yet, but entertaining the idea, what do you think is the sort of common thread or story that runs between all of them, you know, I'm realizing everybody's individual, but there should be some common thread running through there. Well, what I know for sure about entrepreneurs is they're highly successful in a lot of uh, key areas, right? They, um, they can distill information quickly. They can troubleshoot typically, or they're very good at that. They have a specific skill set, um, and they're good with people. Uh, because inevitably it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you decide to have, well, even if you don't have employees, but if, especially if you have employees, you need to be people oriented, otherwise you won't have employees. <laughs> and so those are some common threads. Uh, also, you know, typically somebody goes into entrepreneurism because they've had a lot of success in an industry and they've. Um, excelled in that and they have a very particular skill set in that and they don't like the way the company they worked for was going or their leadership in that company or whatever that is and they feel like they have a better way or could create a better experience for other people um, having been on the employee side and so uh, they typically have that going on too. So in, in talking to Again, future entrepreneurs, those that have maybe haven't made that leap yet or sort of considering it. What is the, what's sort of the biggest blocker for them not pursuing that, that dream? What is the story that they're telling themselves that, you know, I, I have an idea because, because I guilty of my inner voice being a bully telling me things <laughs> that aren't true, but what have, what have you found? Well, I mean, we don't have a lot of examples, really, of just everyday entrepreneurs. We have a lot of examples of highly successful, you know, in sports and some of those and entertainment and those sorts of industries of, you know, being a successful entrepreneur, what that could look like. And so there's a safety or a security fear there, right, in terms of 
how am I going to make enough money to pay for, you know, housing and food and all the things and where's the consistency going to be and how do I rely on that? And uh, it is a bit of a free fall. I'm not going to lie. Uh, getting into entrepreneurship is, is it's definitely like stepping over the edge and there are free falling moments. And if you get very intentional about what you want to create and you mm -hmm. move energy in that direction, you can't help but be successful on some level. You are going to create a business. Does it require some other things? Uh, certainly, you know, you want to try and make the best decisions you possibly can along the way and recognize what you can and can't control, which is a lot of, I think, what we're going to end up talking about today. What are we able to control and what can't we? Yeah, no, you're exactly right with that. And, and so to summarize that last point is, is we see, you know, where we're starting, we see, you know, us, and then we see these superstars or you see, you know, Gary V or these other people, which are way at the other end of the stream, but we don't see anybody that's the one or two steps in front of us is what I hear you say to sort of give us a, a guide or a breadcrumb because everybody's journey is different, but at least there's something you feel like you're not, again, stepping off the cliff. You, you're sort of, um, you know, if I go back to Indiana Jones movie when he's trying to go through and he looks like he's going to step off into this chasm. And, and, he had, and he, it's actually, there's rocks there that look just like the wall, but he once he puts some dirt and stuff on it, you know, then it's an easier path to follow. And we're sort of looking for that dirt on the path. That's a bad analogy, but that's, what, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my Monday morning or Monday afternoon movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the, it's not what the norm is, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the go to school or go to vocational school or whatever, and then, get a job and work there forever and get a pension and do all the things. It's not that. So, and so when we stray from that, then it feels a little out of control. Um, but there are so many things you can do to stop that feeling and to, it's not that you shouldn't have that feeling at all. It's just that it need not be the thing that stops you from, you know, showing up in this world, how you're supposed to show up, which, you know, is a lot of what I'm talking about. I, I consulted uh, companies and business owners for like 16 years before I started doing what I actually do now, which is similar, but more on the mindset side. And that's what I realized was that, you know, I can show them how to scale up and, uh, you know, keep employees and put policy and procedures and all these things in place. And uh, what was really stopping them was the mental piece. It's not those things. Like anybody can sort of navigate those things. It's the, like you were saying, that voice in your head that's telling you all the things. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the part that's super exciting and interesting for me is to help people navigate that path. Because once you navigate that path, the sky's the limit, literally. Like anything's possible after that. Yeah, sometimes we can't get out of our own way. But w once we get down to mindset, a lot of that stuff comes down to, it always seems to come down to mindset about how you, do, and, you know, quote Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right, you know, whichever way you go. But you've got some experience that you share, you know, you were, and I talked to Mark Metry a couple episodes ago who had a lot of that anxiety, social anxiety thing that went on. And apparently, you know, from your backstory, you've ch had challenges with that anxiety that you had to overcome, sort of. How did you, what did you realize? How did you overcome that? You know, what's our, what's that first step? We, we're here with anxiety. What's that first step we were talking about to sort of move out of that? 
Yeah. So first, you know, in terms of that, like backstory about anxiety, my anxiety got so terrible at one point, I hold myself up in my home. I was so afraid to leave. Uh, and I want to say to people, if you're in that, if you're in acute anxiety now, or if you've had experiences like that, just like this life, it unfolds slowly. It's not like one day, all of a sudden I'm in my house and I can't leave. It's a series of things that happen where we begin to narrow our life, you know? And so it started with, of all things, I was in talk therapy, uh, couples therapy, as a matter of fact, and I had a panic attack. And I never had one before. So the counselor picked up on it and told me what it was right away and uh, asked if I want to do some individual counseling. And through that process I, of telling my trauma story from childhood and things, um, I created the anxiety disorder as a defense mechanism to not feel those feelings. And yeah, so things like anxiety, stress, overwhelm, depression, these things, while they are chemical, like our body is chemical, right? Chemistry, um, they are determined by our thoughts. And so when we get a handle on what are the things that we're sort of ruminating on most often, then we can see, ah, because I spent a lot of time thinking about possibly negative outcomes, then uh, it changes the chemistry in my body. And so I started to recognize some of those things. Uh, but the acute anxiety was really actually, and I don't want to tell everybody this quick fix because it wasn't that quick of a fix, right? I don't think so there is was, one. I've talked to other people. It's, it's not, it's, it's a process. It's a journey. Definitely, definitely. So in that acute anxiety experience, I had been referred to a homeopathic psychiatrist and she gave me a remedy that balanced out the chemistry. So while I wasn't experiencing the anxiety, the panic attacks and all of that, uh, and I did feel like I had a new lease on life, what I realized uh, shortly after was that I was still there. So wherever I was, those things that I had created were still inside of me and without doing the work, to navigate uh, the mental, emotional, spiritual side of that, I began to create it again, even though the chemistry had gotten balanced out. And so, you know, there are some, there are people on all levels of that spectrum, right? Some in highly acute anxiety and all the way down. And I just want to say, wherever you're at, the journey's always going to be inside. You've got to go inside because that's where it lives. Most people, I believe, think that anxiety or stress or overwhelm is uh, situational. Oh, this thing just happened and now I'm stressed out about. And I want to tell people that actually these things live inside of us and these opportunities to look at them when a situation comes up and we get stressed by it or overwhelmed or anxious... Uh, those are just opportunities to look at what's going on inside because um, as most people know, I believe, you know, you have a situation and one person is going to react this way to that situation. Another person will react completely different. So why is that? It's because those things are inside of us individually. Yeah. So it sounds like the, the chemistry balancing was sort of like a life preserver. It stopped you from going sinking further but eventually even that could sort of dissipate. And again, the programming that you have sends you down <laughs> sort of another path. I was listening to 
meditation this morning, Jeff Warren, I listen to that, I meditate every morning. And this morning he was sort of talking about sort of the neural programming that goes on. And we build these neural pathways based off the thoughts that we have. And, and to do that, you have to change the pathway, but it's a step at a time. It, you know, it's awareness of you're familiar with that path, sort of like you did. I got awareness. I know that path is not where I want to go, but I need to start building that path and journey with positive thoughts. Like, well, this is, you know, this is a good thing. I've taken a positive step or, or learned something. Is that, is that sounds very similar to what you were talking about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can't a groove. I mean, look at the Grand Canyon. Like that didn't happen overnight, right? <laughs> the, each individual groove with a little bit of water and some rocks pushing through, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is the process. It's not sexy. And it's <laughs> also very simple, but not mm -hmm. easy, right? Because yeah. we practice these other ways of being for so long. Mm -hmm. And for us to think that instantaneously, I think one happy thought, and I'm out of this whole deal. Yeah is not realistic. It's a practice just like anything else. You know, you wouldn't go to the gym and lift weights one time and say, I'm buff. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to build and build. Yeah. And so you do, you start with the, you get into that moment and you go, this doesn't feel good. And you bring up that uh, good feeling experience or thoughts or whatever. And then you just habituate that instead of the other way, which is all these things that aren't working out exactly how we want it. And, you know, that's how we tend it. Like something happens. Oh, that didn't feel good. Let me just pile on all the other things that aren't going the way I had hoped. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's validating my thought because that didn't know. So, so I was, you know, I was right. I, I don't deserve this. Right. I, I can't do this. I like the gym analogy. Cause you know, the first time you go to the gym, you're busting it out, you're lifting weights and then you can't move the next day. So <laughs> it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, okay, I've got to go push through this because it is painful when you make a change like that. I mean, it's different in, in, in the case there, it feels uncomfortable. It's, this is not natural. Like I said, your body starts to create these shortcuts and in the way that, so it doesn't have to think about it. It just goes on. And that's, you know, again, it creates the Canyon effect. So taking the change to the track of that takes a lot of work and effort, but it's repetition. It's just getting up and, and doing it and getting, getting help and tips and support from other the, the people around you and others. Yeah. You know, I want to say that, you know, the mind, especially the subconscious mind is not interested in much other than survival. Mm -hmm. And so you've got like, you've got internal resistance yeah. going on inside you. You don't even need, I mean, forget about the fact that there's other resistance going on society or family, yeah. whatever. They don't want to see you change either. Although they think you need it. Yeah. Once you start changing, they start going, wait, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. if he's going to change, then I might have to do something here. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. It, it does the... sort of create a, a, an effect, a crabs in a bucket type thing where some <laughs> of your friends can be pulling you back down as you're trying to crawl out of the bucket. Yeah. And and just know that like we, our mind just is, it's so habitual, but the, the great news is that we are actually in control of our mind and our thoughts. Uh, I think most people just sort of roll along with all whatever's going on. Uh, and what I want to say is a lot of the work that I do with people is a disruption of that, right? So how do I disrupt these, this line of thinking so that I can create a different outcome? Because I mean, it's the definition of, um, 
you know, insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is we can't see that we're doing the same thing over and over again. We think we're doing something different, but you cannot do something different until you know that you're doing something the same. <laughs> and then you go, oh, okay, there's that pattern again. Ah, oh, there's the same outcome. Wait. Yeah. So how did, you know, and I know you you had some other challenges where you'd been working and things still, I mean, things, things happen, things break, things. How do you help people cope with learning what they can control? You know, I used to tell my children that, you know, well, you know, such and such did such and, you know, did this at school. And I said, well, you can't control what they do. You can only control how you respond. And right. they, they sort of, you know, threw a fit and went off. But <laughs> as I got older, they understood <laughs> what I was talking about. But how do you... How do you coach people? So the with mechanism that? behind that is this: uh, we sort of been taught that, like, oh, that thing or that person is making me feel this way. But when we understand that it's not that thing or that person that's making us feel this way, and we take responsibility for how we're feeling and recognize that it's possible to disrupt thoughts, disrupt patterns to experience, you know, if I knocked on your door right now and I said, you want a brand new Tesla? And I had the keys in my hand and you looked out in your driveway, you were like, oh my God, I got a new car, right? No matter what was going on prior to that, you feel really excited about the fact that, you know, there was something new and exciting, right? Regardless of what was happening before, you could have gotten bad news or something didn't go your way or whatever. So that right there tells you that you can you know, create emotional experiences that feel and then realize that you're in control of that thing, mm -hmm. right? So if that's the case, then you can choose that experience over and over again versus, you know, doing the habitual thing, which I think is, you know, what most people are doing. They're just like, oh, well, this has kind of worked so far, so I could just keep doing this. But it does, it only works so in as far as you can get to where you're at. You've gotten there now. You've got to let in new information now, and you've got to do things differently in order to create different outcomes. How do Does that you, answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. It, it thinks, it, how does it, how do you get people to recognize those triggers and stuff around them that would maybe start pulling them back or, or do some things? Because again, it's, it, it's easy to just fall into the same old pattern. And, and how do you, because, you know, I, in, through the meditation and stuff, I, I do a lead meditation because it helps me sort of stay focused. Otherwise, the the this shiny object syndrome kicks in, and I think of the eighty five <laughs> things I have to do that day. But how do you how do you yeah. sort of help? Because because I I need that type of sort of reinforcement to point out that to my blind spots and the other things. Hey, if you, you know this thing's sort of pulling you back. So we use our emotions to help guide us to how we're feeling. And they're the thing that are going to show us uh, how things are going, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're having a low-level experience, which is anything that doesn't feel good, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, worry, um, depression, uh, all of those things are signaling that there's some healing that could be done within yourself. So that'll be the thing that shows you, ah, or, uh, you know, it might be that the outcome isn't what you wanted, but it's your response to that outcome, like mm -hmm. depression, anxiety, stress, you know, then you go, okay, there it is again. There's yeah. that thing that I need to work on. 
So what do we do? One of the first uh, strategies that I teach people is to create what I call a day in the life of everything you ever wanted, right? Not because of um, it's all about, you know, having amassing things or, you know, external things. It's because we want what we want because of how we think we're going to feel when we have those things. And so what this uh, narrative is of the day in the life of all the things, it should include all of your senses and you should be very into it, right? Because it's a day in the life of everything you mm -hmm. wanted to create. So when you create that and then you use it as a visualization to start your day, then you create an elevated emotional experience that you can return to at the snap of a finger. So if there's something that goes on in your day that doesn't you know, turn out how you want and you recognize the outcome wasn't what I wanted, the emotional experience doesn't feel good, then I can set myself, reset myself right into that space and then move on with my day. So it's a full on reset that can happen like that because our bodies remember things. Mm -hmm. And so when we create that elevated emotional experience, we can just go, okay, go to that place, you know, close my eyes for a second, go to that place. Ah, perfect. That felt awesome. Reset, start over. So entrepreneurs sound a lot like athletes and that I'm sitting there and I'm envisioning what my successful ski run or whatever is going to be on that. I've, I've played out the whole race in my head and I go on and I can adapt and go do that. So it, it sounds a little bit like we're all, they, all entrepreneurs are very similar to athletes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're trying to hone some of these skills, right? Because mm -hmm. the outcomes that we want to have, um, you know, we, you know, getting back to your thing on control, like mm -hmm. what can we control? The only thing we can control is the emotional experience that we have. Mm -hmm. We like to think we can control all these other things, but that's where <laughs> the dissonance happens. It's yeah. because we think we're, if I do this, then this will be the outcome. And then that outcome doesn't happen. And then we freak out and right? That whole pattern of things. And it's because people are super complex and nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so are situations, but your brain will have you thinking, oh, here's that thing very similar to that other thing that happened. So this is the formula to getting the outcome that we want based on, and they're not similar at all, really. I mean, they might be similar in look, but not feel and touch mm -hmm. and taste and, you know, so it's like all those nuances matter. Um, and then, and then we end up in that out of control feeling because I did the things, how come the outcome wasn't what I wanted? <laughs> yeah. It, it, we revert back to kids when we're learning why well, I did this and, you know, I didn't get the result I wanted, but uh, this all sounds like it would be a really great book. <laughs> that was subtle. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes I'm trying to envision myself with that because I've got a book that's rattling around in my head somewhere and I just cannot get the discipline to sit down and actually get it out. Um, you know, maybe I should talk to you about that, but it's, you know, <laughs> you, you talked about all this great experience that, that, that would make a good book. And I think, uh, I would like to read it. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. I just wrote a book. I'm working on the title. The book is done. Uh, the working title at the moment is called Impenetrable Joy, A Guide to uh, Overcoming Anxiety, Stress, and Overwhelm so that you can be calm, have peace of mind, and meaning in your life now. Uh, and it's going to be very similar to that. Um, 
Yeah, it's a, it's basically a step-by-step process to understanding uh, your past, how that's influencing your now, how, um, you know, one of the, some of the things we've talked about, emotions are signaling that past and those experiences. Uh, personal responsibility, how do we take that and um, begin to uh, do the internal work that we need to do to have the experience that we want to have in this life, which is joy of all things, if you can believe it. Um, I believe it's our birthright, every single one of us, to be in joy almost exclusively. And when we're not, this gives you the process to navigating, okay, what do I do now that I don't feel so good? How do I? So then it has a bunch of strategies and different things that I teach and different ways to look at and disrupt the mind um, and understand what's going on behind the scenes that's creating this experience. And so that you can understand how to repair that and, and create the experience that you want. And while I would feel joy if the, you showed up in my driveway with a Tesla, I, it's possible <laughs> for me, and it's been a joy having a conversation with you, but it's, a, and I think you mentioned this before we came on the air, is it, joy is available to us every day in some way or other. And it's sort of the way that we look at or look for it. And it sounds like this book will help us sort of more readily identify that or more readily sort of let it reveal itself. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've been taught to sort of look at things, the things that aren't working out mostly. Right. But I think if we do one of the, one of the things in the book is uh, radical gratitude. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, thank you for the pillow and the bed and the covers and the heat in the house and the roof over my head and the ability to have running water. And I get to brush my teeth and drink water and eat food. And I mean, there's like millions of things working out for us mm -hmm. and we're hung up on the few like handful of things that didn't go exactly how we had planned. Yeah. And recognizing that, like, just because we planned it doesn't mean that's how it's supposed to be, you know? So the more we can let go of and stop the resistance to what is actually happening, the better it feels. Because mm -hmm. that's, that's what's tripping us up is that we think it's supposed to be this particular way. So when you can give up that that's not your domain in terms of, I'm not saying don't go after things or have goals or do any of those things, do those things. But when we have the expectations of how they're supposed to show up or be, or you know where the money's supposed to come from or any of those lines of thinking, then we get tripped up because if they don't show up, then we've given our power away to those things. Mm -hmm. And when we create joy internally, then nobody can take that power away. And then you get to enjoy yourself <laughs> while you're doing all those things versus being in resistance to how it's showing up because you think you know, Yeah, which I've, is really not our domain. <laughs> I, I found that, you know, I found that when I let if I don't set necessarily expectations of what that feeling will the exact feeling it'll be like and accept what comes as that, like, for example, my granddaughter likes to pop in when I'm doing an interview or on a call or something <laughs> on that one. And, and I just, I, I can look at the joy in her face for something or bringing something and stuff on that, which I, I don't have any preconceived value of what that is. But if I accept that it's such a, it's, I mean, I think it's adds, whipped cream to the to the dessert that, you, that joy comes in 
Yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point. If you really want to see people enjoying themselves, look at children. Mm -hmm. They are not burdened by this life. I mean, <laughs> no, their agenda God. is how can I get the most joy out of this day? Yeah. And what can I do to make that happen? Yeah. And I think they got it right, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think I... they got it right because you can be both productive and enjoy yourself. You can be all those things you think you need to be and enjoy yourself at the same time, especially yeah. if you're doing something that has purpose and meaning for you, which I highly encourage people to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's an outstanding piece of advice for that. And somehow as we age, a lot of people, it gets drummed out of us that just simply the joy of, of experiencing something new or learning. And, and yeah, I, that's a constant reminder. So surround yourself with or go, you know, find somebody to give you that inspiration is probably the best. Or look up somebody like you that can help them sort of give them those pointers, <laughs> give them the roadmap and all. How's the best way to get a hold of you? I think the best way to get me is either on my website, which is Aaron, E-R-I-N dash M-A-C dot com or on Instagram. Uh, I love Instagram. I just I find it fun and interesting and inspirational. And uh, my handle there is Aaron Mac LLC. And I post videos regularly, uh, stories, inspirational memes every day. Um, just, you know, strategies, things to think about, uh, maybe a way to approach things differently. And uh, so you can find me in those two places for sure. We, we all need that guide to sort of help us on the path to doing something different or better. So I, I thank you for spending the time with us and telling your story, the story of, you know, overcoming some of the things, your situations are, again, the inner voice, the inner bully that comes up and overcoming that. So Aaron, <laughs> thanks a lot. And when you land on that book, let me know. I, I definitely want to go ahead and, and I enjoy reading um, and, and building, you know, helping myself because reading has been very fundamental in my development and reading other perspectives and stuff and all that. So uh, it's one of those joys that I, oh, good, a new book. My daughter, my granddaughter doesn't get a lot of screen time, and she had a birthday recently. She was two, and she was, you know, toys and stuff. But when she got some new books. She sat down right there and started reading the book or looking at the pictures and stuff. So that's that joy of reading that I like. I want to hope to maintain. Yeah, I think it's important for us to be lifelong learners. Otherwise, there's nowhere to go from where we're at. You know, we've got to keep bringing information in and right. going, wait, how does that sit with me? You know, yeah. and turn off the and news, goes, read something good, read something that's good. Yeah, for you. Oh, you must have read my mind. I was like, and that goes for all <laughs> forms of media, right? Yeah. Like taking information in, like recognize, you know, what feels good and sits right with you mm -hmm. and pursue those things. Yeah. Yeah, we we're all, we only have so much time on the planet, and I would rather pursue something that's gratifying and helps me along, be a better person, than you know what's the latest dour that feeds that inner bully, you know, because <laughs> all that negative energy you know comes in and it'll attract it from just the you know the least little opening, and for me at least it tends to attract that. No, I think you know that's an awareness piece. You know, for a lot of people, I don't think you know they're like come home from work or whatever, listen to the news, or it's on the background all the time, or mm -hmm. whatever the thing is. And yeah, it's really important to to know like where are we getting input and and does it feel good? Well, and and podcasts like this are what I hope to to feed sort of the good part of the soul. So, Aaron, thanks for being a guest here. Good luck with the book. 
and going forward and, and keep help us on the right path. So thanks a lot. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's really important to have these platforms to talk, have these conversations. It is. Thanks. Thanks.